Today, we're in week three of our Pray First series, and I've really enjoyed this series so far. We started with In the Beginning, God. And honestly, that needs to be a way that we think about everything. In the beginning of my week, God. That's why I come to church. Thank you, Stephanie. Everybody say what's up to my wife, Stephanie. Hey, girl. She knows I'm getting a little goofy. And so we started the series with In the Beginning, God. And I challenge you to let that be a statement for every part of your life. In the beginning of my week, God, I'm going to church. In the beginning of my year, God, I'm fasting and praying. In the beginning of my finances, God, I tithe. In the beginning of my, uh, my, my work week, I pray over my company. In the beginning, God. Last week, I taught the, the way to pray, a strategy for prayer. We talked about find a spot, make it your prayer spot. Find a slot, a time slot on your calendar. And then I gave you a strategy that I didn't come up with, Jesus taught us. He said, pray like this. It's not even really hard. I mean, he gave us everything you could possibly pray for in seven different steps in the Lord's Prayer. And we broke that down last week. And I challenged you last Sunday, I said, can we try this spot slot strategy uh, prayer for one week? How many of you were able to try that this week? Give it maybe one or two days this week. And was it a blessing to you, everybody? Did it help you? Good. Today, I wanna add to that prayer and I wanna teach you how to pray like Jabez. Now, that's the way we say it in English. It's probably Yabetz, but who cares? It's Jabez. And uh, we're gonna learn to pray a prayer like Jabez. If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Chronicles chapter four, and I'm actually, I got a lot of the notes today from my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands, who is the author of a brand new book called Pray First, and uh, we have copies of this in our uh, bookstore. I encourage all of you to grab these, this book or get it on Amazon or whatever. This is such practical tools of how to build your prayer life. It's not just a book on some people who prayed and got miracles in their life. It's literally written for you to read and put handles on your prayer life. And we have this available for you at Austin P and also here at our main campus. Of course, we keep our Pray First guide all year long. It's digitized as well, or you can have it here. And this is a, another way to, to learn to pray. But the prayer of Jabez is actually has become a popular and famous prayer because of a book written by a guy named Bruce Wilkinson a couple years ago, about 20 years ago. But it's this very obscure text stuck in the middle of a long list of genealogical names. And there's this, one, this two verse statement about Jabez in the Bible. And that's all the Bible says about him. There's no commentary about him anywhere else in scripture. I looked through like five different commentaries. I looked online. There's nothing about the life of Jabez, what he did for as a person. All we have is these two verses about Jabez and it's a little bit about his history. And then the way he prayed and then God's response. So let me show you the text, 1 Chronicles chapter four, verse nine. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. He was probably the youngest. I'm just throwing that out there. See what I did there? <clears throat> I'm the youngest of three boys. Okay. Some of you knew, didn't get the joke. <clears throat> Here's all we know about Jabez. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. How would you like to have your mama name you over an awful birthing experience? <laughs> Could you imagine doc, someone coming and saying, ah, oh, that was the worst day of my life. I'm naming that baby tragedy. <laughs> now some Bibles say his mother named him that because his name sounded like the Hebrew word for pain. Uh, but most commentaries believe Jabez is a word that means pain. 
So I just think that's sad. But nonetheless, at least he was better than his brothers. Their names were chaos and destitution and whatever, loser. Anyway, here's what we know. So that's all we have in his backstory, why his mom named him that. And now Jabez called upon the God of Israel, his prayer. And here's his prayer, watch this. Oh, that you would bless me, that you would enlarge my border or my territory, that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it, harm, calamity, would not bring me pain. The guy named pain is praying against pain. And here's what the only commentary we have about it. And God granted what he asked. This is such an interesting prayer. It's in the middle of 600 names of genealogy. I mean, go read it. It's kind of like one of those things where you, you get so confused reading all the names. It's he begat him and he begat him and he begat. And Jabez was more honorable than all of his brothers. His mom bore him in pain and named him pain. And he prayed, God, would you bless me? And the, the uh, NIV, I think, says, oh, God, would you bless me indeed? And would you enlarge my territory? Would your hand be upon me that you would keep me from harm that it might not bring me pain? Jabez's prayer shows us a way to pray, a model for prayer, but more than the model of prayer and more than the man Jabez, it shows us a God who answers this type of prayer. See, actually, this text has nothing to do with Jabez. I mean, okay, very little to do with Jabez. In fact, we don't come away going, how can I be like Jabez? Many of us read Bible stories and we go, if I can be like him or if I can be like Ruth, I can get what they got. This is not, definitely not one of those texts. By the way, if you wanna imitate anyone in the Bible, Jesus is who you imitate. Don't try to be like Paul, try to be like Timothy. They're just like us following after the Lord. So the only one you wanna imitate in the Bible is Jesus so don't try to be like Jabez. Well, if I can just be more honorable than all my brothers. You are, you know what, fine, I said it. You're more honorable than all your siblings. But you weren't birthed in pain and named pain. For many of us, we read stories in the Bible and we go, if I can be like him, no, be like Jesus. But here's what I want you to understand in this text. This passage has nothing to do with his life, how he lived, what his background was. We don't know his pedigree, his upbringing, nothing about him except his name and why. But what this text does show us is the type of prayers God will answer for you. Amen. What we see is the commentary, and so God granted what he asked. Many of us struggle with prayer. We go, I don't know how to pray in a way that moves God. Well, I'm gonna teach you today some things that God wants to answer for you. See, I believe that God shows his character in the prayer of Jabez more than the Bible shows us the behaviors of Jabez that God got to move. This is about God saying, I want you to pray this because I want to answer this for you. In other words, I want us to see this text less about Jabez and way more about God and what God wants to do in your life. If you notice, he mentions four things. And I believe these are four things that God wants for you and I'll unpack them one at a time and show you. So I wanna encourage you this week, as you're building your prayer life and you're praying the Lord's Prayer in a spot, finding a time slot, then I want you to add this prayer. And you can literally sticky note this in your car. This is one that you can do as part of your bedtime prayers with your family and your kids. This is one you can do in the morning at breakfast. This is one you can pray over your coworkers at the office. This is a prayer you can literally just take with you anywhere. And it's got four elements to this prayer. By the way, pray it over your church. I've prayed these things in some way, sometimes as the prayer of Jabez, but these four things over our church as long as I've been the pastor here. And we're gonna see how God loves to answer. It starts with praying for God's blessing, praying for God's blessing. Now let's, let's look at the text. 
Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would bless me. He starts with, God, would you bless me? And, and let me just say as your pastor, I just know from dealing with people for a long time, many folks struggle with asking for God's blessing. We feel unworthy. We feel like if God really knew what was going on in my life, newsflash, he does. He knows everything going on in your life. We think, well, if the pastor really knew, if the church really knew, if, 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 if people really knew what was going on in me, man, I don't deserve any blessings. Okay, let me just give you some big picture theology. None of you deserve anything from God. And in spite of that, he sent Jesus, his son, to die on a cross for you, to raise from the dead for you, and to be the only way to God for you. And because of your faith in Jesus, look at me, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're not the righteousness because of your behavior. You're not the righteousness of God because of your uh, correct theology. You're not the righteousness of God because you come to church every week so far during a fast. You are the righteousness of God because you've placed your faith in Jesus. It's something you didn't deserve. It's something you didn't earn. And it's not anything that you can actually uh, do anything about. God is so good to you that he blessed you with salvation when you didn't deserve it. Salvation is a blessing. So your whole walk with God starts with a blessing that you didn't deserve. So get over it. Listen to me. God wants to bless you. I'll tell you why he wants to bless you in a moment, but I want you to first get handles on the fact that God wants to bless you. If you feel unworthy, that's on you. That's not God. God doesn't dole out blessings to her and to her and to him and to her and then go, ah, I saw what you did on Friday. Or I saw how you treated your boss or I know about your tithing record. So no, 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 man. God is not like that. God wants to bless you. He knows everything going on in your life anyway. He's well aware of your misgivings. He wants to bless you. So let me just rant for a second and say it emphatically. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. God wants to be generous to you in every way. God only has good for you. He has no negative thoughts towards you. He has no lightning bolts in the pocket. He blesses and never curses. He put all curses. He put all judgment on Jesus at the cross. So you and I as sons and daughters are recipients only of the blessings of God, the favor of God without regret, without shame. You and I should pray to the Lord, Father, would you bless me? And, and in the NIV it says, bless me indeed, which means would you bless me a lot? It's like putting exclamation points on that request. Now, let me tell you how crazy we are about blessing. I mean, we don't even understand it. We, if we're not careful, we can get selfish about this. So hang on, I'm gonna, fix, I'm gonna deal with the selfishness piece. But there's a lot of misunderstanding. Funny enough, some people think the blessing of God is really only for food. How many of you can't eat until you pray the blessing over the food? Let me just clue you in on how stupid this is. Not you, others. Oh God, would you bless this plate of dead meat and dead vegetables? Would you bless this plate of dead things? But I won't pray a blessing over myself who's living and my children. Would you bless this dead stuff to the nourishment? Because that's in First Opinions chapter four, the model prayer. Or we think blessing is only for sneezes. Someone at work, hacho! Well, God bless you. Thank you. Anybody get offended when no one blesses you after a sneeze? You get, right, you get frustrated. You're like, hacha! Bless myself. Do you even know where that comes from? You need to Google this, but it's so crazy. This is medieval theology, right? They literally thought in medieval days, and when a person sneezes, they, because you know, it's like your whole body's 
involved in this event and your, your sinuses open and your body opens up, they literally believed demons would rush into your soul when you sneezed. So they would go, God bless you. Like the Captain America shield came up over the devils in your life. As if demons are just hunting around with spiritual feathers, just making people sneeze and that's how they get in. God bless you. And then we get so mad now and we're so PC, bless you. No, God bless me, thank you very much. <laughs> but we're so funny about blessing. And we pray for God to bless dead things or bless us from demons with sneezes. Or we say, God bless the missionaries or God bless those over there, the soldiers across the sea, the, the, the politicians over there. But many of us struggle to pray, pray, oh God, would you bless me? But God answers this prayer for him and we know nothing about him. Here's what I believe. God wants to answer this prayer for you. God, would you bless me with salvation? Would you bless me with joy? Would you bless me with more than enough? God, would you bless me with finances? Would you bless me with food in my pantry? Would you bless me, Lord God? I mean, in a time of fasting, literally I was in our pantry yesterday and I'm looking around going, I can't eat any of this stuff right now, but we have more than enough if I wanted to create a meal right now. Lord has blessed me. We are overwhelmingly blessed with cream of mushroom soup right now for some reason. I just wanna throw it out there. If anybody's struggling to find that, I got you. Somehow my wife on our Walmart order like automatically replenished eight cans from Christmas and Thanksgiving. I got plenty if you need me. If you need it, hit me up, I got you. Sell it to you at a discount. But listen, there's others that abuse the theology of blessing. And they, they, they abuse it into prosperity gospel. There is no gospel other than the gospel, by the way. But this name it, blame, blab, grab kind of theology, this health and wealth theology, and oh man, I'm just gonna walk in the blessing and don't touch me, I'm blessed, and you can't have none of this. No, no, no. The blessing of God is about a supernatural favor from God. It's about the Lord pushing you forward. Prosperity in life and, and blessing from God is about the Lord advancing your life in a way that makes him look good and makes you better than you are. Pastor Chris says it like this, when you pray God's blessing, you're saying, God, I want you to make me better than me. Don't just bless me, he says, but bless me indeed. That's with exclamation points. And listen what God says in Psalm 5.2. God, you, David writes, you bless the righteous. Oh Lord, you cover him with favor as with a shield. And some of you might think, well, I'm not very righteous. You don't know my life. You're right, I don't. But God knows your life and he doesn't count your righteousness based on your behaviors. He counts your righteousness based on your faith in Jesus, the one who is righteous. And because you belong to Jesus, you are the righteousness of God and you can have the blessing and the favor of God on your life and on your children's life and on your wife and husband's life and on your coworker's life because you show up to work, the blessing of God and the favor of God shows up. The question is not, does God want to bless you? The question is, why does God wanna bless you? And this is where you have to guard your heart and protect yourself. Listen, why would God bless you indeed? Because if you're not blessed by God, you can't be a blessing for God. If you're not blessed by God, you can't be a blessing for God. Have, I, have you ever been in a situation where somebody needed something and you go, I'm so sorry, I just don't, I don't have anything with me. That's that gap between I've not been blessed with something to be a blessing to someone. The reason God wants to bless you is because he wants us to bless others. That's the only reason. In fact, 
All of us should pray, God, bless me overwhelmingly so that I may be a blessing to the name of Jesus. God, bless me with a big house so I can host a small group. Advance our business, God, so that we can give more to missions. Lord, bless me with influence. Bless me with visibility. Bless me in every way so that I can do something good for the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you, David warns, or Paul warns about it. Jesus warns about it. Many of us seek the blessing of God until we get so much blessing, we start to worship the blessing instead of the one who blessed us. And then we start hoarding the blessing instead of handing out the blessing. And we start living in the middle of the blessing with security gates and cameras, and we go, don't touch my blessing. And let me remind you all, it's all his. It all belongs to him. It doesn't matter if your blessing is 10,000 or 10 million, it's all God's. And for the man or woman of faith, we need to remember, man, God bless me that I can be a blessing. Lord, I got $25 from not eating food this week. And Lord, let me use that to be a blessing to someone else. God, you've blessed me with a job and I bring a thank you as 10% of my job that you blessed me with and I can be a blessing to someone else. Ramsey says, Dave Ramsey says, you can't be a blessing to others if you're not first expecting and asking God for his blessings on you and then you have to steward his blessings well. That is the true form of prospering. I don't ever wanna be prosperous outside of the hand of God prospering me. I don't ever wanna be blessed just because I've got a hustle, you know what I'm saying? Or because I can grind and, and make my way into blessing. I want the blessing of God. I pray it on my kids. I pray it on my family. I pray it on you. I've prayed this kind of prayer for you since I've been here. Pray for your coworkers. A friend of ours, Roger, he attends our church. He said, I used to work in a place where, man, I'd, I'd, I'd come in early just to pray blessing over the building in a secular military work environment. He'd say, and the people that were the meanest, I'd go sit in their chair and I'd pray especially a blessing over them. God bless me so that I can bless others. And by the way, when you're living a blessed, generous life, look at me, you get to enjoy that too. 3 John 1, 2 says, I pray that you prosper in all things. Just name every area of your life. Your singleness, your single parenting, your marriage, your friendships, that you should prosper. And listen, if there are parts of your lives, life that isn't prospering, you need to ask, does God want you in that part of, the, of your life? If you've got friends that are toxic and damaging to you, go, God, did you bless me with these crazy friends? Or is the Lord trying to say, no, I'm trying to bless you with a small group at life point starting this week. Hello, did you like that shameless plug? You're welcome, Willie. God, he says, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. Now there's a hyper prosperity theology out there and some people teach prosperity selfishly and they want more for themselves to build their own lives. Why would God bless you to build your kingdom? God's not blessing you to build. He's not build, he didn't die to make much of you. He raised from the dead, gave his life to make much of himself so that as many people possible could come to faith in Jesus. So with a pure motivation, we need to pray, God, would you bless me? And I don't, get, I don't give to get, I give to give. Listen, I don't agree with hyper-prosperity theology. I think it's wrong. It's not helpful. And by the way, the only people really getting blessed and rich from it is the preachers. But don't shy away from God's blessing on your life, blessing on your kids. Every year, consistently, I've prayed for God to bless this church. In fact, every night as a family, we pray together for bedtime. And you know those prayers, they're kind of routine and rote, and we say the same things, and we're always going, come on, focus, close your eyes, listen. You know, we deal, we'll deal with that too. One of the things we always pray at the end, we pray blessings over family and friends and mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, all the siblings. And then we pray, God bless our soldiers. 
Let your blessing be on their lives. Keep them healthy, well, safe, return them home. And then we pray, and God bless our church and our girls all together go, Life Point Church. <laughs> My family has prayed a blessing over you every night since I've worked here. And let me tell you what the blessing of God looks like. A lobby campus, a, four, a 37042 location coming. Why? Bless us to be a blessing. We're gonna build to reach people. Listen what the blessing of God looks like. Are you ready for this? We had a record year of income this year. You guys have never given this much ever before. $8.3 million came in in tithes and offerings this year and, and benevolence. Hang on, that's not even the blessing. It's one thing to go look at all the money that came in. We gave just over $2 million to missions, church planters, partners, ministries, single moms, those that are having disasters, tornado relief. We gave away cars. We bought a house for some. Your giving, your generosity, your blessing became a blessing way beyond what we've ever done as a church before. And we have prayed forever. God, bless this church, bless this church, bless this church. Why? So we can hoard up and sit in stacks of cash? Absolutely not. We're not building this kingdom. We're not building a life point kingdom. We're not building a Mike Burnett kingdom. Are you kidding me? That's why my face isn't on billboards or on the website. I'm just one little picture like everybody else. Why are we doing this? To be a blessing. That's why our city and our county knows they can call LifePoint when there's a disaster. They know that they can host an event here for sheriff's deputies and first responders. They know that we're here to be a blessing to the community. God bless us to be a blessing. Genesis 12, God speaks it to Abraham. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. So pray, God, would you bless me? Stop being shy about it. Stop being nervous about it or insecure about it. Pray daily, God, would you bless me indeed? Second, he says, would you give me influence? He says, God, would you bless me? And would you enlarge my border? Another version says, enlarge my territory. This is the idea in the ancient world, like when you had money, when you had things, when you had a blessing, then you, you acquired more influence and those who had land and those who had territory, they were the influencers, right? And today it's different. It's, it's money and visibility and all that kind of stuff. Influence looks different in every culture, but the prayer is that God would expand our influence, expand our border. Once you have God's blessing, how many of you know you start learning how to make a difference with God's blessing, you will grow in favor with other people. You'll grow in influence. And some people wanna be influencers so bad, literally they title themselves influencers. Like it's a real job. What do you do? I'm an influencer. What is that? Well, you know, I just call myself an influencer. Who are you influencing? All my friends digitally. Do you have any real human friends that you sit down with and influence? I'm just curious. I'm sorry, I'm just an old man today. Uh, sorry about that. But what about using our influence to make a difference for others? Your promotion at your job is to make a life better for other people. Your advancement in your career, your, your building of your family. You've got four kids now, which means you have four people to influence, not just three kids, right? What good is influence if not used to make a difference in the lives of others? Selfish leaders, angry dictators, narcissistic pastors, and power-hungry, insecure CEOs desire more influence just to build their own castles, kingdoms, and make their own lives better but humble, godly, prayerful people desire influence to make much of God and to bless others. John the Baptist had it. He said it, and I love it. I quote him often. When John the Baptist was the famous prophet of the day, when soon as Jesus showed up, he goes, no, 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 more of him, less of me. He must increase. He used his influence to point people to the one who matters the most, Jesus Christ. Even his disciples said, you're the baptizer. You're the one we're following. He goes, no, 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 don't follow me anymore. Follow him. He had all the influence as the crazy, wild-haired prophet and he leveraged it all to point people to Jesus. 
God wants to enlarge your life and he wants to enlarge your blessing and, and your influence. And some of you will have massive influence. You'll lead thousands of people. And some of you will grow in influence by having a son or a daughter. And that's where your influence is. And it's a growth of influence from before you had that son or daughter. God wants to bless you indeed and grow your influence to be a part of doing good for others. That's where we get the idea of ministry. The idea of ministry is simple. It's, it's, it's living out our faith so that others may be blessed. As you grow in God's blessing, you grow in God's influence, you learn to flex your gifts and ability that God has given you for others. Why not use what God's put on you, the blessing of his, of his hand on your life? Why not use that influence to do good for other people? So Lord, would you bless me? Lord, would you expand my influence? And here's the motivation, so that I can make much of you. In 2 Corinthians, the apostle Paul prayed that his ministry would be enlarged. And I'm just gonna tell you, I have prayed for LifePoint. Listen, when I moved here in 2010 and we had less than 100 people in this building and no money, I mean, we talk about giving away $2 million. We didn't even bring in $2 million for like seven years. And now we're giving that kind of money away to be, make a difference to other people. But I have prayed from the very beginning of me being pastor here, Lord, make this church great for the name of Jesus. Make this church significant for the name of Jesus. And would you know, like when I, I bring pastors together and say, hey, look what we're doing with, with water and clean compassion. And they say, we wanna join there too. We've got like 20 churches right now doing this with us, including the other large church on the other side of town, Mosaic Church, one of our partners, they're raising money for water filters as well because God's given us influence because he's blessed us and he's given us great influence to build his kingdom. Paul prayed that his church influence would grow. He said, our hope is that as your faith increases, to the Christians, he said, our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be enlarged greatly so that we may preach the gospel. Look at this, in lands beyond you. Here's what he's saying. As we grow in influence with you, we'll be able to do more further away. And by the way, we are listening to this text far away from that land, still having influence on us as people far away. The problem is most of us don't grow in influence because we only think we can do or gain what's good for us. Why do you want that promotion? Is it to have more money? Or is it to have more influence for the good of others? Praying for influence is the kind of prayer that gives you faith that God can do more through us. And Ephesians 3 says, to him who's able to do abundantly more than all we can ask or think or imagine according to God's power at work in us, to him, be glory. I'm telling you, we've prayed this as a church for years. God, grow, bless this church, grow our influence, allow us to be the kind of church that makes a difference in the lives of other people. Can I ask you to guard the influence of your church and pray for it often? I tell our staff, like, if you're wearing our stuff, you know, don't be a jerk. I've joked before, if you're gonna be a good tipper, leave a LifePoint card. If you're gonna be a bad tipper, leave a First Baptist card. It's a joke and I'm not serious, <laughs> but I mean, for real. By the way, we're great friends with that church and Pastor Ronnie Rains is a, a hero of mine. He's brilliant. So I'm kidding when I say that, but the point still matters. Like if you're gonna wear LifePoint hoodie or t-shirt, don't be a fool at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Like I, my wife and I have, have just learned after 12 and a half years of being here, we don't go anywhere in town without somebody saying hi to us. And most of the time it's kind of awkward because we haven't met in person, but you've seen me every week and I've seen your face, but I don't know your name. So please just be gracious about that. You're like, hey, Mike. I'm like, hey. 
You sit on my left, don't you? You're like, just say hi and be gracious. You know what I'm saying? But we just know, like we don't go anywhere in town without somebody saying hello to us. And we just know that God's given us some visibility in town. And so you know what that means? I can't have a bad day at Target. So I go to Target in Cool Springs. <laughs> and I just let them have it. I just, how dare you? You know, this was on sale. <laughs> That's not true. It's Bowling Green. <laughs> Listen, as God grows his influence and you carry it to the glory of God. Hey, Christians, did you know Christians have a bad reputation of being hypocrites? As soon as you said yes to Jesus, you were given influence. Carry it well, guard it well, and ask for more. Stay humble. Be kind all the time. Third thing, and I gotta finish this quick because we wanna get your kids checked out in a timely manner. Hey, last Sunday, we had 150 in our lobby in our third service. Our church is in a growth space right now. I would love to invite all of you, nine o'clockers or those, go to our Austin P campus because there's plenty of room there and our 7.30 a.m. campus. There's a blessing on that service, y'all. I'm telling you, it's great. Donuts fall from the ceiling at 7.30 only <laughs> or, or consider our noon service. We need your seat. Um, be a blessing. Um, third is Jabez taught us to pray for God's presence. So he prayed, oh God, that you'd bless me. Oh God, <clears throat> what was the second one? Oh yeah, Gar <laughs> grow my influence. <laughs> Sorry, uh, expand my borders. And then he prays, oh God, that your hand might be upon me. Now this is ancient biblical language for the presence of God, the anointing of God, the power of God on us. That God's hand would be on us is a, is a, is a phrase that says, Lord, let your presence be with me. The Bible says God is Jehovah Shammah, the God who's present with us. And how many of you know, it is so good to have the presence of God in our lives. In fact, the whole reason God sent Jesus to die is to restore the relationship and the presence of God in our lives. You should not only expect to experience the presence of God when you come to a good church service with a good worship set and some blue lights and smoke. You should walk in the power of God every day. You should walk in the anointing and the presence of God every day, but you should ask God, Lord, would you walk with me today? God, would you be with me in this meeting today? Would you be with me when I go see my kid's principal today? Lord, would you give me wisdom and favor in your presence and anointing as I go to work, as I drive on Wilma Rudolph? How many of you know you need God's presence with you sometimes? He says, oh God, that your hand might be upon me. I want our church to be a people who know how to exist in our town with the hand of God on us. You know, you're, you're, I, I just, my kids understand when dad's present. It's like, it's different. There's something different in our house when I'm around. And, and especially every time they've, they do something, you know how it is, like yesterday we had a basketball game and as soon as the game was over, Brooklyn runs to me and throws herself in my arms. She was frustrated about the game and she, was, you know, she wasn't feeling good in the game and she comes and just runs into me. And there's something about when dad puts his arms around a kid or mom puts his arm, her arms around a kid. Man, we want the hand of God on our lives. And it's every day, all the time. Lord, would you be present with me today? Once you're blessed, once you're influenced, you need him to help you manage his blessing and his influence. The presence of God is so important to leveraging this right. If you want the blessing of God without the presence of God, you're like, God, would you bless me? But seriously, just hang out in the back. I'll take care of this. It's like being a lottery winner you have the risk of it destroying your life. Paul said in 2 Timothy that so many people have left the faith for the pursuit and the love of money. The very blessing of God became the, the idol that we serve instead of the God we follow. 
Oh God, would you bless me? Lord, would you give me anointing and influence? But seriously, I got this, it's not healthy. It's like lottery winners. There's studies done on people who win the lottery. It wrecks their lives. And if you don't have a good accountant, a good advisor, if you don't have somebody that doesn't need anything from you, around you, it can destroy you. And the same is true here. If you want all of God's blessing and anointing and influence, you need to beg the Lord to stay with you to keep you humble about it. One of the things Stephanie and I, we just pray and our team prays and we pray it as a staff and I prayed over you. God, would you grow your church, bless your church, give us influence and God, would you keep us humble? Lord, would you let your presence be with us? God, don't let anybody come to this church and not have an encounter with Jesus. We want the presence of God here. Pray this over your life. And the apostles in Acts 11, it says the hand of the Lord was upon them. And look at the result of this. They were people with God's hand on them. And a lot of people believed and turned to God. You wanna have an impact in your church, or excuse me, in your neighborhood, in your job, in your family? Man, let the hand of God be upon you and pray for it every day. With blessing and influence and opportunity should come a desperation for God, be with me to manage this. This is all your influence. This is all your blessing. Everything I have is yours. God, guide me and give me wisdom and be with me through all of this. So some of us would rather walk in our own power or our own accomplishments or our own pedigree and degrees on the wall. But I'm telling you, there's nothing compared to walking in the anointing of God with the presence of God on your life. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, not that we're competent in ourselves. And Paul was the most competent person. He goes, we're not competent in ourselves. We don't claim anything for ourselves. But our competence comes from God. So pray this, Lord, anoint me, Lord, bless me, Lord, empower me, Lord, equip me, God, give me influence, and Lord, with your blessing and influence, I pray for your presence. And finally, the prayer of Jabez teaches us to pray for God's protection. And let me tell you why. Jabez, again, calls upon the Lord, oh God, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my borders, that you would protect me, that you'd be present with me, your hand would be upon me. And then he says, that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. If anyone knew pain, it was the man named pain. So here's, notice the progression. God, would you bless me? That's a great start. God, would you grow my influence? God, as you've given me more, let me do more for you. God, would you make sure you're present with me through all of it? And here's what, here's what you gotta understand. If you start walking in the blessing of God and you start growing an influence for God and start actually doing something and rattling the cages of hell and seeing lost people come to Jesus and all of a sudden you're the one at work that's praying for people and you're the one in your company and you're the one in the family that's actually making a difference for the kingdom of God and, and, and you're able to do it because you have the resources God needs you to do so now you've got to bless. God, I got, I'm blessed in my church. We got small group curriculum. We got opportunities and let me just invite you and encourage you and let me just be an influence to the gospel and all of a sudden you've got the presence of God on your life. You are a target big time to the devil. Let me just tell you, if the devil's not messing with you, are you a threat to him at all? If the, if the devil's not messing with your family, if you're not having issues at home, if you're not dealing with health issues and you're not seeing this as spiritual attack, are you a threat to the devil's kingdom at all? I've been prayed over for years. I've had people strategically pray for me for the quote, target on my back because of the work that we do as a church, because of my role as a pastor here. And people have prayed God's protection over me. You know why? Because this church is blessed. We're influential and we're doing stuff with the presence of God. So we desperately covet 
the protection of God because we are in a spiritual battle. We have a mortal enemy called the devil. Since the Garden of Eden, he has every desire to steal, kill, and destroy. And as soon as you start saying, God, use me, God, bless me, God, be with me, all of a sudden you become a, a sore spot to the devil and his dominion and his demons, and they will attack you. Listen, every time our church does something great for God, the devil attacks our leadership. In fact, just this past fall in October, November, we announced we're gonna make plans to build a building on exit one. Then we find out it's the fastest growing hotspot in the, in the country. And let me tell you something, we've had leaders attacked, we've had spiritual attack on our staff and their family members, we've had illness and sickness. And I'm telling you, there is a spiritual battle and part of praying for the blessing and the influence and the presence of God is to say, now God, would you cover it all? with your protection because Lord, it's yours. And if I'm not careful, I can derail it. And if I'm not wise, I won't see the attacks of the enemy. David says, many are my foes. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying there's no salvation for him in God. But your, you, O Lord, are a shield about me, the lifter of my head. The Bible says your, devil, the, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I'm working this screen here, just boom, there it is. Some of you are under attack right now and you think it's coincidence or circumstance. No, it's because you decided to, in the beginning, God, put the Lord first and fast and pray this year. And then and two days into your fast, you got the bubble guts, or two days into your fast, you got bad news at work, or two days into your fast, or three days into this, I'm gonna tithe this year. The devil attacked you and something happened and you go, well, look at there. I try to do for God and look what happened. Look what God did to me. No, 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 no. You have an enemy, the devil. God never puts harm on you. He's always with you and you need to protect. You need to pray God's protection on you because the devil would love to go, oh, you're gonna start tithing now? Well, let me cause you to lose your job. Let me just, let me just uh, put some attacks in your life. So part of being wisdom with the blessing and favor and influence of God is now Lord protected. Like a hen covers her chicks, so the Lord covers us. Psalm 91 says, he'd give his angels charge around us to watch over us and keep us. Read the prayer with me one more time. Pray this with me this week. Lord, would you bless me? Indeed. God, would you enlarge my influence, my borders? God, would you be present with me forever? And Lord, would you protect me, my family, my kids, my coworkers, my boss? God, protect me. I'm convinced, listen, God answered Jabez's prayer, not because of Jabez, but because these are the things God wants to do for you. This, God answered this prayer because of God. This isn't a sermon about Jabez, it's a sermon about God. And it's the type of prayers God wants to answer for you. So simply put, would you increase your prayer by adding these four things? God, would you bless me? And I wanna encourage you to pray it over your coworkers, pray it over others, your family, everyone by name. Lord, today, would you bless my oldest daughter? Would you bless her indeed? God, would you grow her influence for the glory of God? Would you be present with her? Let her know your spirit is upon her today. God, would you protect her from all harm and evil, physically, spiritually, and emotionally? God, I pray for my second daughter. God, that you bless her indeed. See what I'm doing? Just pray these four things over you and everyone that you're connected to. Start praying it over those that have hurt you and wounded you and watch God help you forgive them. I believe this prayer is a model for how to pray in a way that God wants to answer. So let's do it. Here it is again, oh Lord, that you bless me. Enlarge my border. Your hand will be upon me and that you keep me from harm, that it may not cause me pain. God, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for this prayer from Jabez. We're 
We're thankful, Lord God, that you're gonna use it to build our prayer life this year. And I pray, God, that we would commit in 2023, we're gonna pray the Lord's Prayer. We're gonna pray the things that God answered to Jabez. And we're gonna believe God for the best ahead of us because you're in the middle of it. You're gonna bless us. You're gonna increase our influence. God, you're gonna be present with us and you're gonna protect it because it's all about you, Jesus. We receive this prayer today to the glory of God. Can you open your hands today? God, I pray for your church. As a pastor of this house, I pray for your blessing. More than you bless food and more than you bless sneezers, I pray for the overwhelming blessing of God on every person in this church, in Jesus' name, that they would see things happening and they would see promotions and advancements and random blessings coming in their lives and go, where did this come from? And they'd be reminded that you are a God who blesses. I pray that you'd bless indeed, that Lord, you would expand the territory of this church and not just LifePoint Church, but the people in this church. I pray for promotions, I pray for advancement, I pray for growth in every area of influence for the people of this church. In Jesus' name, that we can make much of you. We commit to make it about Jesus. Lord, would you grow the presence of God over your people. I pray that this would be a year that they never wonder if you're real that they never wonder where you are and if you hear them, but God, that they would experience the presence of God like never before. Speak to us with dreams and visions. God, speak to us through your word and through your spirit and by in worship and times of prayer, speak to us, be present with us in Jesus' name. And God, would you protect your people? We bind and curse the attack of the enemy. We take authority over all the schemes and strategies of the evil one. And we walk in victory in Jesus' name because you will protect us by your power, by your anointing, by your presence, and give your angels charge over us to watch over us and keep us. And to God be all the glory, we will live this year with a pray first, God first attitude. In Jesus' name, would you pray this with me? God, I've heard your word. I believe what I heard. Come on, say it for real. I believe what I heard and I receive it today. I will walk in new life because of Jesus. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. I believe in Jesus Christ that he died for my sin and raised from the dead to give me new life. Say, God, I'm all in to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen, everybody. Come on, amen, everybody.